Welcome to Black and Brown, a podcast where three black guys get to share their love of bourbon. We talk about current events, we conduct interviews, and good old-fashioned shit-talking. Our hosts, Bill, Anthony, and Delvin, will keep you informed on what's going down with that brown. In this episode, we give you a sneak peek into our upcoming trip to Seattle, Washington with the guys from Taste Select Repeat. That's right, Black and Brown is going to the next level and getting a crash course on the barrel-picking game which stops at Woodenville Whiskey Company and Bainbridge Organic Distillery. Okay, pour one up with us as we Woodenville and chill. Welcome to the final, the final episode of season three. With the wow. fellas, we're getting close to wrapping it up. Getting Welcome close. Again. Getting close. Welcome with my guy, W.H. Stevens, the Silverback. What's up, hey, brother? Hey, what's going on, cousin, man? Good to see you, fam. You know, I'm trying to make it, man. And <clears> Delvin <throat> Joyce, the People's Choice. What's up, D. Joyce? So, People's Choice, what's the deal, fam? I am fired up. Season three finale. I can't believe it. Yeah, it's been a wild ride, fellas. It's, it's been crazy. It's, yeah, it's been a, it's been. I a mean, we, I mean, we've been working hard, man. So, um, I think somebody said that you know how do we, how do we get uh, three seasons out of one year? But we did it. Yeah, out of the Netflix Netflix playbook. Word, yeah, <laughs> give them. Yeah, we're just giving the people what they want, right? Let them binge it, dog. Just listen anytime you want. Just run it. Run right. it how you run it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Would we would we be Netflix or would we be more Amazon Prime? Uh Netflix, or, Hulu, or are we Hulu? We we Netflix? Yeah, Netflix. No Jeff Bezos stuff. No, no this, oh. but you know, we Netflix. Okay. Okay. I mean or right. somebody somebody told me you gotta be black owned, so it could be titles breaking into the league. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah, we are audio only. I mean, ain't no video. Mm-hmm. Ain't no video, man. Well, somebody no. don't want to show their face. You know, they want to stay in the back cave. You know, I'd be down to do some video every now and then. Bro, I got a face for radio, man. I told you. But I'm saying, I'll just put, we'll put it behind the curtain. You'll be all right, man. Yeah, man. You'll be good, bro. Somebody said, you should do more video. You should do more video. I was like, yeah. the band doesn't want to reveal their faces. We're on that Millie Vanilli right now. Yeah, man. <laughs> Millie Vanilli. That is funny. <laughs> so tonight, fellas, I guess we're going to talk a little bit about uh, what somebody named this joint that I really like, Woodenville and Chill. Yeah. Oh. That's dope. See, what I, see, <laughs> that's dope. see what we did there? The Netflix references? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, just trip right into that joint. <laughs> I tell you, man. <laughs> A power greater than us, for real. Man, I tell you, man. Like it just falls together, man. Just falls together. The jackalope, it fell right in place, man. <laughs> <laughs> fell right Yo, people, in place. people tripping off the jackalope, man. I'm telling oh, really? you, it's, the jackalope is dope. Like if when I, they said, I, the jackalope plays. <laughs> the jackalope place. If I if I could trade my dogs in for a jackalope, I would do it in a heartbeat. That is no exaggeration, bro. You'd be the most popular cat in your neighborhood if you had a jackalope. Can you imagine? Straight, straight up. So I got to tell y'all about <sighs> well, this crazy. Good. I was just gonna tell you about this craziness that happened the other night, right? So my dog, <laughs> at, in the middle of the night, three o'clock in the morning, starts barking like crazy. Uh-huh. Right? Wakes so you everybody. Think so, so you think something's going on? Right. 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 Yeah. Wakes everybody up. I run downstairs in my drawers. You know how you know how daddies do. Yeah. Right. No. We don't wear, we don't wear pajamas. You wear pajamas? I wear my no, onesie wear in the wintertime. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Okay. But so we all run downstairs and you know, he's barking at something, but we hear this noise outside and it's going like this. Now <laughs> don't trip when I do this, <laughs> but <laughs> it's making this noise like this. <laughs> <laughs> like every what? five seconds. Yes, exactly. My dogs are going crazy. 
So we look out of the blinds and there's something crawling through our yard. Like what? we have no idea what it is, it, oh, but God. it was, it was about the size of a cat. Right. Oh, okay. but, it, oh, snap. but, but it wasn't a cat. Okay. And it just, it just crawled all the way through our yard, all the way to the back and just disappeared. Mm. Wow. So, I don't know if it was the mythical jackalope. Yeah, but I said that might have been a jackalope, man. You should have went. So why do you like turn on the lights and go outside? And yeah, just your ass. I mean, man, that's how you get murdered, dude. We weren't turning on the lights going outside. What? Well, like, who does that? Haven't you, you ever watched a scary movie? You don't have the twin. The twins don't live with you. <laughs> nah, man, I have no twins. I have no kids over here. Nah, well, dog, man, you gotta have the twins with you. I mean, Smith and Weston always yeah, been around the spot, man. Yeah, yeah, get your Roscoe, man. Should have got yeah, your Roscoe real. outside. Nah, bro. I mean, I because this was supernatural. Roscoe don't work on Freddy Krueger. You know what I'm saying? It's got to be there tested was, though, for real. <laughs> there was there was something. So as soon as I figured out that my bourbon was safe, that's when I was like, all right, I'm going back to bed. But but <laughs> the point is, some. So we told one of my our friends, and they were like, "Yo, it was a baby coyote." Apparently, really? baby, yeah, baby coyotes would just walk through your yard in the middle of the night. Oh wow! Yeah, no, nah, no, see, no, 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 no. Yeah, man, we have coyotes all over over where I live, man. That's crazy. So yeah. where we're at is like you'll get like a, a black bear sighting or like a red fox, something like that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Not not the comedian, the actual. <laughs> Love Fred Sanford, by the way. Uh, nah, dude, R.I.P. Goat. The goat. Well, goat. The yeah. goat. Goat. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I have been, but I have been, uh, you know, uh, sleeping hard three o'clock in the morning. They hear coyotes just going off in you know my backyard, man, because they, you know, they catch a rabbit or a deer or something, and they, it makes the the craziest noises. Right. God. Yeah, this thing was making a crazy noise. I never heard anything like it. Yeah, crazy. And that kind of thing, kind of, it kind of, it kind of startles you because you've never heard it, and then you're waking up out of a sound sleep. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Then it's just that reality. I mean, hits. I mean, sometimes they feel like they're in my bedroom. They're so right. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And the thing is, you know, you know, they're not really native to this area, but they brought them in to take care of the deer. And now they're a problem because they're everywhere. They have open seasons on them to hunt. You oh, that's can, a thing? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, you can hunt a coyote anytime you want. So whose bright idea was it to bring them in to control the deer population? I don't know, man. That definitely sounds like a legislation thing. That don't make no kind of sense. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, not you know subject, is, that's man, really stupid. The thing is, man, at any given time I wake up in the morning, I have 10, 11 deer in my backyard. So they ain't doing really? their job. Yeah, oh yeah. I yeah, but I mean, what, are they causing a problem? That, you know, that, no, 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 yeah, no, no. You know what I mean? We, They're not doing no, anything. We enjoy so. them. Yeah, we yeah. enjoy them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the first time I was, I went on a trip to Oregon. My boy got married. We went out there to, uh, we were in Bend down, you know, out in the middle of nowhere, real nature type stuff, real cool. Walk out the front of the condo and it's like a family of deer right there, man. You know, mm-hmm. not skittish yeah. or nuts. So I think it's cool. Yep. Wait, wait, wait. Did you say, did you say Oregon? Like, I as did in say Pacific, Oregon. Like as in Pacific Northwest? It is in the Pacific Northwest. Yes, it is. Delvin. Man, this guy, all right, I'm going to say something. Season three, this guy is a masterful moderator no that's that segue was perfect he was like yeah we're talking about we're talking about deer we're talking about deer and coyote a little too long let me let me bring us back so i went out to oregon refocus efforts gentlemen i like it i like it let's talk let's talk about woodenville and chill so you know we teased it a little bit we threw it out there we put it on the table we pass it around people are listening they talking about it we're gonna we're gonna put more on the social but we're taking a trip 
in a couple of weeks out, roughly 10 days, we're going out to uh, Seattle, the North Northwest to mm. do, um, I guess what we could say is a learning trip. Will we all agree that's, that's accurate? A learning trip on yeah. barrel picking. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm coming back with a diploma. So, yeah. yes, like it, it is. It is a learning. Yeah, I'm using, I'm using 529 funds for this trip. <laughs> so sorry, kids. <laughs> take, take care of yourself. Yeah. So we're going out with um, in the episode when we interviewed TSR early on, they invited us out to a barrel pick. We thought it was just, you know, in jest, a little conversation, yeah, a little yeah, banter. We, we didn't take it serious. Facts. Yeah, we, uh, we felt like it was kind of like when people say, hey, you see somebody you haven't seen in a while, and they're like, right. hey, let's do lunch sometime. You're like, right. oh, yeah, yeah. oh, yeah, absolutely. We yeah. get together. And, and, lunch and ain't never coming. Never happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No one's sitting on talking to them again. Right, so. but but the relationship is kind of developed. They're pretty cool. They, you know, they turned out to be some really cool cats that we develop a friendship with. And um, I had an opportunity to meet OJ in person, face to face. We've all dealt with them through social, through text and stuff like that. So the invitation came up again. Um, we graciously accepted after saying, damn, y'all serious? You know, that was kind of the conversation. <laughs> and then we went around the table and was like, you know, can we pull it off? Can we make it work? Logistically speaking, we're coming from various parts around the country. You know, the fellas are in Charlotte. I'm up here in Connecticut. We tried to work some things out and we got it to work. So this show is going to be kind of like what we kind of expect going out there. You know, what we're yeah. looking forward to. I mean, my whole thing is what does a brother pass? Yeah, the distillery. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, because you know, you, you know, because you know, you want to be professional. You don't want to be like you know, right? You know, amateur hour. But you know, I, have I don't no want to be too thuggish, but I want to be no, thuggish enough yeah, where they just, just take us serious. You know? What yeah, I mean? exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So you, so you saying you want to act like you've been there before, just a little bit? Mm-hmm. That is correct. Yeah. I mean, bit. I know you're gonna show up in your in your you know your your tight button downs and your sweaters. You know what I'm saying? You're gonna be like the GQ model guy. <laughs> yeah. I mean? yeah. You got to You got to oh, wrap wait, up. Wait, Wait, you know what? I didn't think about it, but the Pacific Northwest is not mm-hmm. necessarily hot, right? No. In the summer. No. So I might get to throw some layers on in July. That's dope. And judging from, so, I've been, so yeah. I've been looking at the forecast and then it's going to be like mid sixties, a little cool, a little overcast. And the Northwest know, is, is down the spring. Of, uh, it'll rain on you in a minute, like a quick snowstorm. I mean, not snowstorm, sorry. A quick rainstorm will hit you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so, I can't so the out. wind, in the yep. wind, definitely. Interesting. All right. I'm, I'm kind of hyped now. I wasn't hyped before you told me that. Now I'm hyped. Yeah. And then, of course, because we're going out uh, to the Northwest and because, you know, we like to lose golf balls and stuff like that. We had the wild idea to try to play some golf. So, you know, you don't go to the mountain and just stand at the bottom. You want to go to the uh, mountain man. top. Yeah. We're never going to let a good golfing opportunity pass us by. Right. No, sir. Never going to miss the opportunity to bring back dirt on my club. So we just mm-hmm. dialed in Chambers Bay. <laughs> Chambers Bay. It's Chambers Bay, man. Oh, by the way, God. I'm excited because, you know, they had the U.S. Open there a couple of years ago. And, um, you know, the the course, you know, took some licks as far as their greens and stuff. So I, I hear mm-hmm. they've changed their greens out. And I hear it's fantastic. The views are phenomenal. Um, and the cool thing I like about this course is it's walking only. You, walking no, only. No carts on the, you know, on the car, uh, you know, on the course, you know, playing golf like old school, you know, like, you know, supposed to be played, you know, back in yeah. the day. Yeah. You know, so I was worried about that. So I've been, you know, my regiment, I stepped it up, you know, hitting, hitting the bike a little bit more, working through the videos we sent back and forth, hitting, hitting the streets in the morning for the two mile walk, bruh. Yeah. 
and golf is a story of two nines. You got either a good front nine, good back nine. You try to put them together, bro. Carrying club is going to be totally different. Mm-hmm. You know, important question: Are we drinking on the golf course this trip, or are we super serious? We're not super serious, but I'm not drinking though. You know, that's, a, drinking, that's a rough one for me. I'm drinking after, man. After <laughs> definitely, but I'm not. I'm not drinking during. Because here's why. Here's why I say that. Because I, I when I play golf, I never drink on the course, mm-hmm. like ever. Me, like I, me I never drink. Right. Because yeah. I don't want to. Golf is hard enough for me to try to stay focused over a shot and keep that together for like four and a half rounds. I mean, four and a half right. hours. Sorry. Um, so I think adding alcohol into the mix will kind of distract me. And plus, I don't want it to take away from the scenery and the course we're on. Right, you know what man. I mean? Yeah, I want to enjoy might, it, man. It might add to it. Now, follow up question: What if you shoot fifty on the front? You drinking on the back? Nope. I mean, because <laughs> I, I expect that course is going to be set up to be difficult. You feel yeah, me? Yeah. And then with the wind conditions, um, never playing right it before, ocean. not knowing yeah. what the club is. Yeah, right on the yeah. ocean. All the all elements, right, so to speak. Sound, yeah. All right. Well, I'm, I'm going on record. If I shoot a Curtis Jackson on the front, yeah. I'm drinking on the back. <laughs> okay. All right. But on the flip, what if you, what if you come in with that 42, though? Mm, that Jackie Robinson? That's right. What if you come with that Jackie Robinson off the front? I'm going to be super sober. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's super be sober. Dry. He's going to drink a straight up H2O, man. Straight yeah. H2O. Yes, so sir. real quick, though, man, you know, what is everyone, you know, drinking tonight, man, for our season three finale? He pouring up anything special? I dialed up the, you know, just because we were going to talk about bourbon picks and mm-hmm. we're going out or barrel picks and we're going out with the guys from TSR taste select repeat. Yeah. I dialed up a oldie, but goodie. Uh-oh. Like I haven't talked about this bottle in a minute. In fact, I haven't drank any in a minute. It is the wilderness trails TSR mixed doubles. Oh, and that's and the one- bourbon, right? No, no, no. It's a high rye. Oh, okay. <sighs> high rye recipe, but it is the one that OJ and uh, Justin picked. Oh, so, I got you. And I, I you. love it, man. I think, I, I think that's the one Pierre was kind of salty about too, right? <laughs> well, I think he was salty, but the night, the first time that we interviewed them, this is what I was drinking. And yeah. it was a long night. Yes, it was. Yes, so it was super yes, long night. The yeah, content yeah, that yeah. didn't make it to the show, it went yeah. on forever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I almost called it on a sick day the very next day. Oh, right, man. Well, yeah. you drink a plug. Well, it's, weird. it's funny, man. This is one of those weeks for me um, where I would have been on call, right? So I would have been working and I'm not, but I'm in training this week. So tonight I'm living vicariously through the brothers who are on the podcast with me. So mm. water, because I got to study for a test tomorrow. I'm sorry, brother, but I got to focus. I got to focus my efforts. You know what? I admire that, man. Honestly, nah, man, like, it's tough, he, man, because I, mean, I really I mean, want you, to have a bourbon, man. No, no, no. I mean, I admire the discipline because, you know, you... Bill would be like, I mean, I can have a half of one yeah, you know, and yeah, still be okay. Nah. Like I said, that, that's discipline. All right. So we're back. What are you having? So um, uh, OJ sent me some samples a while ago and I kind of figured, you know, this would be a good night to open up one of those. So um, I cracked the Mictor's 10 year. Mm. Mm. Wowza. Dude. Mm. I've been waiting for a good occasion to open up that sample and today is today. Is it is wow. it worth the wait? Oh my goodness, it is good. It's real good. Well, oh yeah. That's, that's yeah. 
Might yeah, have to so. bust it on Memorial Day then. Bang, mm-hmm. bang. Wow. Yeah, it's good, dude. I mean, I, you know, I mean, the, the sucky part about it, he only gave me two ounces, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, I was I was going to ask you. I mean, that's a pretty big bottle, but yeah. he only filled it up two samples because I was like. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's, um, you know, it's slender. So it's that, you know, it's not girthy. It's not it's not so, your Hudson bottle. Yeah. And, and I'm also drinking in my Silverback. Okay. Ooh, look at that. That, that Mrs. Choice made for me. Shout out, to Mrs. Shout out to Mrs. Choice. You know, so, I got um, to get her back in the sweatshop, man. She hadn't made us anything recently, so I'll, mm-hmm. I'll get that working. Yeah, she's enjoying yeah. her time off, dog. That's not fair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so with the trip, the itinerary this kind of laid out is um, we're flying in midweek. Uh, we got some, I guess, you know, we're going to get there, kind of fill out the, the area. The next day we're golfing early trying to knock that out. And then I'm not sure if we're doing a little something on, on the Thursday after we finish golfing. Uh, but I know that our pick is going down. Is that on Saturday, Friday or Saturday? Friday. Okay. Friday. So Friday, Friday, yeah. Friday, Friday right. at Woodenville. Right. At Friday Woodenville. Woodenville. Yeah. And, and I think they had, had it set up where we're either, um, to one of two locations, either samples at a spot or to the Rick house. And I think we're going to have OJ join us a little bit later to talk about that. And he'll give us the whole rundown on what's going on. Mm-hmm. Be cool. But what are you guys most looking forward to out there? Besides, have you, have you guys been to the Northwest before to the Seattle area? Yeah. Um, I've been out there a couple of times for, um, for work, for training. Yeah. Um, and I love that area, man. Um, uh, you know, they don't call it the Emerald city for nothing. Okay. When it's not when it's not raining, it is green everywhere. Wow. Um, yeah, it's very nice. You know, there's a lot of outdoor stuff. You can hike. You can you know you can um, you know mountain bike. You can do a little fishing. And, you know, it's just all outdoorsy type stuff. Because you know the cool thing about it, you have the mountain mm-hmm. and you have the ocean, like you know, right there. So yeah. um, it's just a cool cool spot. I mean, besides not getting much sunlight during the year, um, it's a great <laughs> area. Great area to live. Yep. What about you? Expensive, expensive area to live. Is as it well. pricey? Oh my goodness! Because you know Microsoft is there. Yeah. You know, so they drive a lot, and and and, and um, Amazon is there as well. Oh, quite as it's kept. I've been looking at the real estate market around Charlotte. That's not too cheap either. So, um, you know yeah. what, dude? Man, real estate is blowing up all over the place. It's, like, a, you know, it's the, a seller's market right now. The inventory is low. So, like, you know, my right. neighbor, my neighbor's uh, uh, a couple of houses down. So their house within a week with no sign in their yard. Oh, like, wow. We didn't even know the house was for sale. We just saw them packing up. So they just did it for sale by owner? No, 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 no. They 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 listed it, but they didn't. I mean, they just didn't put it. I mean, they had as soon as they listed it, they said they had 10 to 15 showing schedule. Boom, wow. boom, boom. And it got offered the very first weekend. So, yeah. 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 Anyway. Wow. Yep. yeah sorry. Sorry, D. Joyce. But what are you looking forward to out to the North Northwest B? Well, so I've never been to the Pacific Northwest in the contiguous United States. Whoa, whoa, the, whoa. In in the what? Oh, said, yeah, that. The contiguous? U.S. C- contiguous. You like that? No. SAT word? Is that? I mean, we're going to have to hashtag that, that and let people weigh the, in on what they think that means. <laughs> that brother with the class. <laughs> wow. So just but, a dumb jock. No. But I have, but I have been to Vancouver, and okay. I'm assuming that Seattle looks a lot like Vancouver, which for me was phenomenal. Yes, yeah. sir. Mount, like Bill right. said, mount, mountains and ocean, beautiful. Mm-hmm. And just mm-hmm. like a different color. Like it's almost yeah. like the world looks, it's almost like it's in, um, what do you call it? With your, with your glasses, your sunshades. What is that called? 
I don't know um, contiguous. Please educate no, no, no. us. <laughs> Dang, man, my CTE. No, you know, you know how polarized. Yeah, ah, polarized. Okay. Yeah, it, it, look, it looks. It looks like I'm looking through polarized lenses yeah. when, I'm, when I'm out there. Mm-hmm. But yeah. what I, you know, I'm looking forward to a couple of things. Number one, I am looking forward to seeing another operation, right? Because we've been to bourbon distilleries, mm-hmm. but not really outside of Kentucky. Right. Mm-hmm. I know, I know, uh, a Colbert, you've been to a couple of distilleries in Boston and you've been yeah. to one in Virginia. Right. Mm-hmm. For me, I've only ever been to distilleries in Kentucky. So I'm interested to see what it looks like somewhere else. Right. Um, and then the other thing, you know, Microsoft, like you said, is in Seattle and I was just going to holler at, uh, Melinda Gates, see if she needs a new financial planner. Cause I heard <laughs> she's, you know, in the middle of a transition. Recently so wealthy. I just, yeah, I just want to make sure she's well taken care of. Yo, man. You're such a nice guy, Delvin. You I are, am, dog. man. Yeah. You I are. mean, I like yeah. to give back. Yeah. That's right. What and I'm also plug? looking... Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. No, go ahead. You. Finish your thought, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say, you know, as far as like, you know, you know, we, you know, like, just to piggyback on, on what Delvin just said, like, you know, mm-hmm. we were in, you know, in Kentucky and we were like more like a tourist, like, right? They kind of did the, you know, the dog and pony show for us. So I'm looking forward to getting behind the scenes and actually, you know, you know, going through the process of picking a barrel and figuring out how they do their process and, you know, kind of, you know, having them educate us on their, their thing. So, you know, it's more like, you know, behind the scenes, behind the curtain right. kind of thing. So that's what I'm, you know, most looking forward to. Yeah. 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 I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree with both of you. And, and also, um, Aside from the golf, another footnote for me that I'm looking forward to that I've been Googling about is is the food scene out there. So I look, I looked up some some black chefs and everything, and it's got a really nice movement going on with the coalition. Right. So, um, you know, Bro. food's my thing, man. I love food. Yo. Yeah. You, you feel yeah. me, right? Yo, you just nailed it because yeah. I haven't really quite as kept. I haven't been in a restaurant since. Yes damn near local feed in Kentucky a year year. ago. It's been a year, right. Mm. Right. I mean, so for me to go sit down in a restaurant and I'm looking forward to, I mean, I shouldn't say this on wax. I'm looking forward to spending good money on a a great meal. Hey, for (laughs) real, for real. You're not lying. You're not lying. (laughs) Like, I can't wait. Like, we had this discussion today talking about, like, what to pack, like, what to take for the course, what to do this. And and me and my cousin, you know, we were texting all the same group. You know, we have a little uh, a little text message going for black and brown. And, you know, Bill snatched me back to reality. It's like, man, you got enough tight golf gear in your closet, man. Save that money for the hunt. And I was like, see, that's a wisdom pro tip right there. You know what I mean? Yes, sir, man. Man, you got plenty of stuff, man. You got plenty of stuff. Stay with what you got. Hunt when you're in another territory. You know what I mean? So so I found some great chefs out there and they they were trying to do some stuff like kind of like what we're doing in the bourbon world, work together, expand the family. So there's a lot of stuff going on out there. And I think they're at the right time opening back up as we're going to be out there and hopefully we can run into some nice stuff, find some good meals, you know, cause we lucked mm-hmm. up in local feed in Kentucky and hopefully we'll find one or two gyms out in Seattle. Oh, if anybody's yeah. listening to this and they know, hit us up on Instagram, tag us with, you know, Woodenville and chill hashtag Woodenville and chill. Let us know what's <sighs> popping in Seattle. My yeah. man's let us know what's yeah. popping in Seattle when this drops. Um, right. It'll be enough time for you to get at us because we're looking for something good out there. We're going to link up with our man, uh, bourbon guru underscore. Bourbon guru. I I couldn't get him in on the picks because this is not our trip. We were invited along, but the word on the street is if he can make his way to Doc Swenson's, he can sip some stuff with us. So if you hear yourself, oh. brother, 
come come get That's with good. us. So do you yeah. guys like a good steak or, or what? I mean, do you like a good steak or do you more more seafood or I mean, what are you looking forward to? I mean, I, I am partial to a, a good steak a la carte uh, okay. or, or okay. some good seafood out, out west, you know, the Pike's yeah. Market, somewhere around that is dope. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? yeah. How about you, Choice? You like a good steak or no? You eat red meat? Yo, I love a good steak. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, 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 I tried to go like this whole pescatarian thing for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nah, man, bacon brought me back. So I'm, I'm, I'm back, baby. I, w- I, I was at my parents' house, man. My mom started frying some bacon up. I was like, nah, this ain't for me. I'm, guess I'm who's back. back? Yeah, guess who's back? Guess We're who's in the that? four or five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I tell you, I'm out there hustling. Sorry, D. I tell you, I'm out there hustling every morning, two miles, trying to walk, get, get my cardio up, right? I threw Jay-Z's playlist on, dog. Jay got mm. some hits, yo. I'm I telling you, man. All the joints he had, man. I'm telling you, I've been doing that recently too, man. I have an all Jay station on, on my Spotify. Yeah, yeah, dude. And um, you're right. And I mean, I'm on the driving range. And I'm playing Jay, and I'm hitting balls. I'm like, ooh, I forgot about that one. You yo, know, e- even his bad joints that we make fun of, like people give him hard time for, like Sunshine. Yep. If yeah. you if you listen to the lyrics, he was killing that joint. I'm telling you, man. You know, <laughs> you know, we had a discussion last show about. You know Nas or Jay, yep. you know, you know, and then me and Choice had a you know conversation over the weekend. Like, you know, which career would you rather have? You know, you know, <laughs> right. you know, you know. What I'm saying, like, you know, Jay's career, man. Cause, you know, the dude is versatile. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, and he still has that street element to his his persona that he, you know, um, I mean, the dude is super successful, man. I mean, to go from where he was to being, you know, a billionaire or at least close to it um, is phenomenal. But and you know, Beyonce, the, Beyonce over Khalees. But I love Khalees, by the way. She's I wouldn't even make that choice. And I'm insulted you would even put that on the table, dog. Beyonce is Nas still with Khalees? Yeah, I think so. Is, they right? have a divorce. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that milkshake yeah, yeah. is still in the yard. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> she was, she's dope, though. I like her. Yeah. Man, yeah. But, you know. Golly, yeah. but you, you would take Beyonce's career over Khalees all day long. Oh, right? come on. That's not even. Yeah, let me tell you what, man. So I'm coming, I'm coming down the way the other day, right? Song comes on, DJ Khaled. You know, he got his new record out. Everybody on that joint, right? Mm-hmm. He yeah. got a joint on there with Jay-Z and Beyonce. Ooh. Beyonce is rapping, yo. What? Dog. Killing it. So fire. I was like, I know Jay wrote her bars, but her delivery dog, oh, you got to yeah. hear it. You got to okay. hear it. It's fire. I was like, man, yeah, I'm dude. not going to buy his album. I'm not going to buy his album. I kept telling myself, I'm not going to buy his album because they play it in rotation. But I was like, yo, it's dope. Song's fire. Oh, I nice. can't even tell you the name of it, but you know, when he came well, on with me the best and then Jay started rapping mm-hmm. and then when Beyonce came in on the next, the next bar, I was like, yo, yo speaking nice. of, speaking of R and B divas, I mean, we're going to see uh Ciara and Russell and them while we out there in Seattle or no. I don't know, man. man. I, ain't know, getting, he, I ain't getting arrested with you, dog. Yeah. <laughs> He been acting brand new, huh? I was about to real, say, yeah, real brand, brand new. new. I mean, you know, um, um, he's your homeboy, man. He's from Virginia, like Richmond. Oh, oh no question, it's my guy. It's my guy. Yeah, you know, and that's so, your dude, man. So I do want to piggyback on something that the Silverback said. So he said that you know, looking forward to seeing their process. I do think it's going to be different, a different mm-hmm. experience, because to your point, when you're visiting as a tourist. They're mm-hmm. giving you the dog and pony and they're giving you the high level, yeah. you know, kind of bourbon 101 stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. 51% corn. Yeah. Charred exactly. oak barrel. Right. Exactly. Right. Right. Limestone right. filtered water. <laughs> <Right>. Yeah. <laughs> and now we're going out 
And I, I'm saying this as humbly as I can, because we are not the professionals. We're going out with some professionals, right? Right. As humbly as I can, but we're going out as industry insiders now, right? Yeah. And so picking good up way Daryl. To, good way to put that, man. Good way right? To put and, that. So, and so I'm excited to hear the other side of it, the in-depth stuff, like the, the Bourbon 201 stuff that yeah. they're probably going to talk to us about. So what what are you guys excited to like learn while we're out there at this distillery? So we know the basics, right? We know we know the formula, right? Like every MC, you know the recipe. You know he's gonna have a beat, he's gonna have his pen, he's gonna have his metaphors and his lyrics. And 16 bars. 16 bars, right? What are they doing different with their beats and their pen? You know, Michter's 103. You know what I'm saying? Peerless water before they put it in the barrel what makes their bars different than everybody else that's what i'm excited about because you know it's not near as far as we know any limestone filter water you know what i mean Is yeah you know and, and 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 the climate out there is so different man right. so it doesn't get super hot so right it would be interesting to know like you know how the asian process works out there you know mm-hmm. you know is it longer to get the same type of taste profile that they're looking for? Is it shorter or they're doing something, you know, to manipulate that or they rotate in the barrels or they heat in their rick house, all that kind of things. I'm going to see, you know, as like, as you know, I said before, you know, about their process, but I want to get, you know, you know, get those questions answered because, you know, I enjoy Woodenville. Yeah. That's what um, I was just going to say. We've had it. It's good. Yeah. 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 My man D George put me on it and I enjoy it. And then, you know, we had a couple I guess barrel picks for North Carolina, and I've gotten a couple of those. Mm-hmm. I enjoy those. I enjoy the ninety percent, um, the ninety proof joint. Um, I haven't had their rye, and I haven't had the um, the port finish one because I'm not a port finish kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, but the stuff that I've had, I've enjoyed it. So yeah, I'm definitely a fan, I, and mm-hmm. I and I hope you know because you know Devil says we're like behind the scenes and getting the the bourbon 201 i hope we get to sample some stuff that they just have in house for a special guest you know what i mean yeah because when i went to hill rock i got a bunch of that good stuff i was like yo they were like oh we don't sell this this is you know osr you know from the owner select reserve and i'm like oh okay yeah bro yeah though they own a select reserve wow yeah yeah look at you well you know i shared it with you you didn't kind of like you said it was kind of danky I did. I did say it was danky. All right, all right. Hang on. It was wet. Can can you define danky? What What does that even mean? Yeah, dog. You ever You ever have? You know, after you played a few games of football, you had them lucky socks you wouldn't take off, and when you finally took them off, that smell it had. Mm Ah, got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah, that wet. That wet smell. You know what I mean? Damp. So we got our guy OJ coming in now, coming to the table. What? You know? There he is. What's up, OJ? How you doing, brother? Living, yo. Hold on a second. Yeah, I was just gonna say, I really, I really, really like Woodenville. I like um, all their stuff that I've had. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't crazy about the port, but I just yeah. don't like, I don't like port finished right. bourbons anyway. Right. Um, but everything else, especially that North Carolina pick, was fire. So, yeah. So to your point, I'm looking forward to getting behind the curtain and seeing what's going on there and just getting some good stuff. Now yeah. the question is: Are we taking are we taking sand to the beach? Are we taking bottles out there with us, or are we hunting in Seattle? 
Well, what I've heard across the discussions we've had amongst ourselves and with the man who just joined us around the black and brown table, um, he's bringing some heat that will make a lightsaber blush. So (laughs) 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 we're going to be all right, I think. You know what I mean? So, OJ, what do you think, man? Are we taking sand to the beach or or is something nice going to meet us there? I am pretty sure that I'm not going to do any hunting because I think time will probably be limited Mm -hmm. for that. Right. Um, but I'm gonna bring some, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring a little something. I've been, I've been looking through the, the cabinet or as the kids would say, the cabinet, the cabinet, <laughs> Hey, your kids speak French, <laughs> yeah, you know, hey. private schools, choice, private schools. Facts. Oh man. So OJ, for the, for the people listening, we were, and, and ourselves, we were talking about kind of, um, what to expect, right. On a, on a barrel pick situation. So the main topic of discussion was like. What did you know? What do big black brothers wear to a distillery that won't get us kind of arrested and kicked out? <laughs> you know, you're rolling with me, so you basically will can go anywhere and do whatever you want. Have the lay, got the lay of the land, man. You oh, know. nice. Okay, then. You know, okay. that's what I'm you roll with me. It's carte blanche, yo. It's it's MX Platinum all the way. <laughs> oh, the band is back together for real. <laughs> So, so how's it usually break down? Like you usually get there and they have like, there's a list of like one, two, three, we're going to do this, or it's pretty much standard. They come in, you have the sample set up and then they just turn you loose. And first thing you do is like a couple tequila shots. Okay. Loose. No, I'm kidding. No, no. Clean the palate. (laughs) Get in the mood. No, Um, nah, man. In most cases, when you go to a place to do a pick, if you haven't been there before, you'll like do the tour, you'll do a tour of their, location they'll kind of walk you through show you what's important to them you know here's Mm -hmm. a brick house we built here's our old pot still here's this here's that um so you can kind of get a ladle in um in this case woodenville's distillery and where they store their barrels are in two separate locations so we're going to do the distillery part of the tour after we do the barrel selection okay you know because we will be at a place the day before they had suggested we do distillery tour in the morning and try some of their stuff and i was like yeah we got a barrel pick the night but the day before the afternoon before so we probably won't be able to like be ready to try whiskey at 10 a.m yeah, yeah. That's, that's gonna be rough <laughs> no, no. Let's, let's settle down um so in this case we're gonna go out there um to their uh warehousing location their rick housing location which is out in some farm east of um east of seattle and I'm sure we'll, you know, we'll meet with some of their distillers, some other people at the place. And then uh, I hear it's beautiful. I hear it's a beautiful drive, which is always nice. And then they'll start breaking out barrels and we'll start tasting them. So um, and then after we're done with all that, we'll come back into more of the Seattle proper space and we'll see the distillery and chill out there for a little while and, and then do some dinner and drinks, et cetera. Right. So, so how many so how many barrels do you expect us to try that day or, or how many you think they're going to roll out for us? Uh, I don't know. I mean, you, most tastings are somewhere between three and right, three and five, three and seven. Oh, wow. okay. But I think a, a place like this, which um, is in all likelihood not used to having visitors because they are on the West Coast and then their location is outside of town pretty significantly. Um, yeah. Usually when you make the effort to go there to those places. Hold on one second. All that audio is fine, man. Go ahead. Yeah, that's good. This is this is real life we're dealing yeah, with. Yeah, it's real ahead, life, bro. When, real when, life. when your wife's not on her job. Oh wow! <laughs> I, I don't know about all that. 
I don't know if I don't know if you guys thought about this, but OJ and I were talking about like so going out for the barrel pick. I asked him, I said, is there anything you stay away from in the morning before you go taste the barrel? And he said he kind of never drinks coffee or anything really? like that. Right. Well, because dude, he said, I can't he said start my coffee. day without coffee. But That's I the same thing either. I said, Bill. So so he said to stay away from coffee, but kind of stays it stays on your palate yeah, and it'll kind of interfere with the tasting. Have it first if you're going to have it. But all right, so let's let's break down the basic scenarios of um, of doing the picks and like what happens and, and um, you know so usually you get up in the morning, have a little breakfast, you make a drive to a place, or maybe you don't have much of a breakfast, a smaller breakfast. Mm-hmm. You make a drive, you get there, you meet everyone. Uh, touch on the, touch on that coffee point you told me about. What uh, do you recommend drinking in the, in the morning, morning? Not to have too much coffee, even though you like usually when we do a morning pick. We don't eat breakfast. We eat afterward, and I try to not eat, drink too much coffee. Like if I have something in the morning, it'll be small, like small sandwich or something like that, muffin, whatever. And I just try not to go crazy on coffee because it can just, you know, coffee is potent and it can linger on you. So affect mm-hmm. your palate. So if you're a person that has to have coffee, I'm usually like have it first and then eat something later, so it's not still in your mouth, and then make sure that you're like drinking your water all day and you can be refreshed. Protein, yeah, bro, because. Because oh, coffee withdrawal is real, bro. I'll have crazy headaches. I won't be happy. Yeah. So have your coffee first thing in the morning, and then we got to we got to drive out there. That's going to be a couple hours, and then by the time we get there, you'll be good. Keep your water up. Um, you know. So what is there to learn about the about the barrel pick process? So you go out. You're going to meet the people, which is part of the amazing thing about doing a barrel pick on location on campus is to meet the people responsible for making it. That to me is one of the most fun things because that's the those are the cultural ties that thread us all together mm-hmm. shared appreciation of the art and craft and science of distilling so mm-hmm. meet the people who make the product that to me is always really special and like i think that they also appreciate it when you make the effort to actually come to them rather than just be like oh i'll take the samples right right yeah right <laughs> so they appreciate that and i think based on that effort i think this is one of the reasons we've been able to always score good barrels is because people are like oh these guys really make the effort and they show up and they know what they're doing. They've done their research. They understand what our products are. They understand what the options are. So, so, we, so we shouldn't tell them that we just needed an excuse to get out of the house after the pandemic. That we, should, <laughs> we shouldn't tell them that. Huh? They're probably going yeah. to be like, we just need an excuse for people to come visit us. You know, they're probably like, for real. They're just on the flip side of that coin, which is they haven't right. seen people in forever. You know, so um, I'm expecting that we're going to be in a Rick house. Um, I'm expecting there it's probably less traditional than the kind of ones that you see in Kentucky. Um, probably just more of a giant warehouse stacked up, you know, maybe, I don't, I don't know if they're going to have floors to it or if it's just going to be like a one store, a one story warehouse that has stacked bottles and I mean, stacked barrels. Uh, but my expectation is that they're going to let us try a significant amount of things. And I think that if there's stuff that we're particularly interested in, then we, I can, you know, we always tell them in advance Hey, we tried this pick and liked it, or we like this portfolio that you have. You know, you said you don't really like the port finish that much. No, so, uh, that would be information I would carry back to them and say, you know, I think we want to stay away from the port finish barrels and go with something that's more fill in the blank. Is there ever like when you go out to do these things, do you already have a profile in your mind that you're looking for, or you just go out there and and just check out their whole offering and then you decide kind of like when it hits your palate, you know. No, I think most part, it's like we decide not on the profile, but on the type of spirit that we wanted. So are we picking rye? Do we want a weeded bourbon? 
do we want a single malt? Do we want, depending on where you're going. Mm -hmm. So you can give them that information and they can bring you the most, right? Because let's say you went out and you just wanted to say like, oh, just give me a potpourri of everything. That's like, all right, let's say you get like two rise, right? That just inherently means when you're doing the pick, one is better than the other. That doesn't mean that it's necessarily great. And it's going to be what you want for a barrel pick. It just means that there's a winner and a loser. Right. Mm. Rather than like be spread around in all these areas with, you want to be like, oh, we're picking a rye. So like bring me seven ryes. Now we have a lot to compare from. Mm. You know what I'm saying as opposed to, oh, we're interested in all these things. Um, so for them, I mean, obviously I'm interested in straight bourbon whiskey in, in particular, you know, that's what I'm right. looking at for them. Um, and I don't know a lot about kind of their storage or I don't have a lot of knowledge about like where stuff has come from that's been good for them. So I'm going to do a little bit of a deeper dive on, on some things, but I'm, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I'm looking, I think for them, I'm looking at straight bourbon. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah me too. No question. Yeah. And, and that was one of the things that I wanted to ask you. So like, I, I have not seen a lot of Woodenville single barrel picks. Um, in fact, the only one that I've seen is the one that they released for that North Carolina ABC, I guess, picked. Right. Um, so so what was like the genesis around making the trip to Woodenville specifically? And I guess, secondly, what is it about their story that attracted you? OK, well, um, we had been in talks with them sort of at the beginning of COVID about doing a barrel pick and they were very interested in having us come out and do it. And, uh, we were interested in it, but then COVID happened and like, we couldn't travel and they were redoing their distillery. So that was an issue there. Their- wait, wait, wait for, for our listeners that have been under a rock, what's COVID? No, I'm just kidding. Keep carry on, carry on. <laughs> they know us from such things as, um, so it kind of got postponed for a long time. And we spoke to their brand rep, Ariel, who's a great person. And, we were trying to come up with reasons and systems to kind of go out there and, and do it. And then finally it fell into place. It turned out that you guys were, you know, interested in, in them as a brand. And I wanted, I wanted to go out there as well. So I've never been to Seattle in my life. So I felt like this was as good a time as any for us to do this. And uh, so they were really excited. They've literally just been like hitting us up like, Oh man, that's that's awesome. Oh, man. Dope. oh dope, man. Dope. man, I am so more excited just you know hearing you talk about it now. I'm just I'm I'm getting hyped, bro. Yo, I'm literally because I've never been to Seattle either, OJ. Like I'm literally gonna stay up all night one night just so I can like post the time 3 a.m. and say sleepless in Seattle. Wow. That's all that's it's literally the only reason I'm going out there. For my Instagram story. Is that it? Yo, okay. I, I'm going to join that too. I'm going to join that too. Yeah, that's like maybe we'll no sleep. Simultaneous. Yeah, man, you may have some company. You may have some we'll have company. to do a simultaneous post of all of us. Yeah. Yo, so yes. the, most, the most important question I think everybody has, and for myself, what are we going to name this pick, dog? What's going on the bottle? I don't know. I don't know. We got time. We, you know, those, I, I find that those things tend to reveal themselves. Oh boy. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. organically on what your experience is and what they show you but yeah i'm really looking forward to them rolling out the red carpet for us and being like come come see what we got like that's the thing that i like about the other thing i like about going to distilleries is when you're met with the same enthusiasm on the other side from the from the distillery where they are like take it as a challenge like oh you came all the way out here to get single barrels well guess what Oh, I got this and we got that and we got That's the other dope. one. 
and we're bringing out the big, the big, big guns for it. So, yeah. So break, break that down though. So that's not normally the process. Like we see single barrel, like store picks a lot of times in like liquor stores and all these places, but they're not actually visiting the site. Right. So explain your logic and methodology around what you guys like to do at taste select repeat. Right, like we said earlier, what makes your bars yeah, different? This is, how the goat, this is how the goat does it. Okay, <laughs> Not the goat. Let me tell you about Dude, it. Let me tell you, you guys are so humble. This yeah. is how you put down a hot 16 right here. Yeah. Get your Let pins ready. Let me tell you how the goat does it. Hold on a second. Yo. You're tired of having people all up in your music videos. Come to TSR. Come to TSR. Come to TSR. Having hype man all up in your, all up in your action. <laughs> nah, look. Okay, so that's funny. Number one, in most cases, um, other liquor stores don't necessarily take the time to familiarize themselves with the brands or the people who work with the brands or to actually go to the brands, right, and and see what's going on. And they will have um, samples sent to them either by a brand rep or through their distributor. Right. So that could be three samples, could be five samples. And we've, we've had to do stuff through samples, too, that, you know, it's not my preferred process because, you know, we like to shoot photos and, and media and videos and just media in general and, and do all that stuff around everything we do. We'd like to expose the brand, especially like, you know, Middle West. This is one we just did. And like nobody really knew no. who they were. Mm. And uh, we and that was that, dope. That, that was, that was a dope pick. Yeah, that was a yeah, and so it's nice to be able to like bring some marketing to the brands and people that ride ride with you um, and believe in what you're believing. So in that regard, it's like mutually beneficial for us to do that. So it's important for us, based on how we work, to go to the distillery if we can. In most cases, other places don't do that. They take the samples and they pick what's best from the samples. Now, there, there have been scenarios for us where I've, we've gotten samples and said, can we get more? And then we've got more and then said, can we get more? Like we did the smooth ambler picks and we ended up picking two out of, I think, nine samples or something like that. So it ended wow. up great for us, but we couldn't go there because of COVID. And that was the reason we did it that way. So we still wanted to go there. But a lot of stores will just pick from the samples or, or ask the distributor or someone else to pick for them. And anything can happen. That's a crapshoot. For me, it's like if you... You know, like I said, if you take the time and effort and energy to say, all right, I've studied your your business, I've studied what you make, I've studied your product, this is what we're looking for, these are the things we're interested in, and we're going to come to you to do it, and we're going to do media that we can help with marketing, then you tend to get, in my opinion, beneficial treatment when it comes to what you're actually selecting, right? Like all of the picking good whiskey in a single barrel space like the picking of the whiskey is not the hard part at all it's actually the easiest part the hard part is like all the work that leads up to showing up there and you know when you show up there people being like oh okay I, you know i ride with you I, I fucks with tsr because you guys are clearly like in it you're clearly serious about this right you know, and if you're going to be serious about it like we're going to be serious about it like you know you have to understand how serious oh. these people they're in it to have fun the people who work in the distilleries but like they take this seriously. You're going to be meeting people who are like PhDs in chemistry and engineers. And like, it's not a game to them. It's not just like, you know, puppy dogs and ice cream and fuzzy bunnies. This is <laughs> serious. It's a heart attack in a different way. And it's like, they put their blood, sweat and tears into it. And when you match them and, you know, and I find this is what it, how it is in life. When you match people in life, in their enthusiasm, yeah. in their mm-hmm. enthusiasm they bring that back to you. 
Nice. So I think that's I like why it. we have hundred percent facts. That's why we've had a really good track record with our with our barrel picks is because people are like, oh, okay, these these guys are not playing reindeer games. They're being serious about it and they're putting in time and effort and energy. And so, like, if they're putting this much effort and energy into us and our brand, then we want to return a favor. Yeah, we we had Hood Somalier on uh, an earlier episode in this season, and he said, I mean, he paid you a compliment. He said, OJ, and I can't remember exactly what he said, but it was something to the effect of OJ is like the Michael Jordan of barrel picks. Oh, yeah, he sure did. Because you take it serious, like you're not just Mm -hmm. checking the box and putting Mm -hmm. your name on it. You're actually taking it through a process. So my my question for you, though, is what like at, you've done, you know, multiple picks at this point, you and Pierre, like what would you say you've learned? What is the biggest lesson that you've learned going through this process so far? Well, first of all, I just want to comment on Jock. The hood I had to call him up and tell him, yo, B, but keep my name out your mouth, man. I had to hit him like Raekwon. I was like, yo. I don't want you talking about me on no podcast. <laughs> talk about me on no podcast. I might just show up at your house. Get into a little tussle. We're coming like to Omaha, Nebraska, Nebraska's far as away, bro. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, that's not a place I really put as on my vacation calendar. <laughs> Jack's actually a really great dude, and I've been wanting him to come and do a pick with us, and we haven't been able to make it work because of scheduling. But he's a great dude. I talk to him pretty regularly, and. We have a really good rapport and friendship. I love his show on Mondays when I can like, when I can, when I'm, when I have the time to catch it, that's like on a Monday night, I definitely check him out. But yeah, he's a good dude. I appreciate that. He said it. And I I got his point. He was basically saying like, there are people out there who pick barrels who think they can ball, but then they don't realize that they're just like playground players and that they're not really doing it professionally. And he was OJ is doing it professionally. He, him and Peter. They take this seriously. Like, it's not just like, oh, fun. We have a club. We're hanging out. Oh, we want to get, you know, cheap bottles. Yeah. So I mm-hmm. it's not check the box. Things. It's nice when you put the effort and the time and the energy into it to have people recognize, like, to see it for what it is and to recognize it. So I appreciate what he was saying. Um, yeah. They feel good about, like, what we're, what we're doing over here and that people see it. Um, I would say, what have I learned? Um, so right now we have... 11 barrels in the chamber that are coming that are like already picked. I think grand total, I'm up to something like, I got to be close to 40 barrels picked now. Wow. Um, so it's been a lot and you know, in three years. So, you know, it's been almost a big, you know, like a barrel a month for three years, man. When I, when I look back at it now, um, what have I learned? I think that the main thing is you, the the spirits industry and the whiskey industry in particularly is a people industry. And, uh, you know, when you get our emails, like our little emails at the bottom, you know, it says make friends wherever you go. OJ and Pierre, like that's real. And that's dope. You know, that's, that's a real thing in this industry. Like people will not, it's not to say that people won't mess with you or people don't want to do business or whatever, but you have to just understand the scenario, which is, you know, we're, we're different than people who have typically been in a, the industry until now. And maybe at first people looked at it like, oh, look at these, you know, these black guys. It's like, you know, black people in uncommon spaces. And maybe that was the story. You know, even there are articles that say as much about us. But now I think, you know, this much time in, people are like, oh, no, these guys are, know what they're doing. And they make the effort. And 
Like they want to know us. They want to be here. They're not just driving by. They continue up with their communication. And we really consider these people to be like family and friends. And when you think about just the origins of a lot of these distilleries, which is that even the ones that are now part of huge companies that are publicly traded, they all started as family businesses, you know? And so right. there's that, there's that culture of like the handshake deal and I want to see you, I want to see your face and I want to know who you are before I do business with you. Like that's a real part of, of this industry. And, and so we thought it was very important that like, you know, we go there, we show ourselves, we let people know who we are, have the experience of being with us, not do it from afar. And I think that in, in the most cases has paid off for us just in terms of access to bar- to barrels, um, access to other stuff, um, you know, access to people who work at the places. So, you know, that's the main thing that I've learned is like, it's, is important if you, if this is part of your business or something you want to do, like you got to go, right. you got to go there. You can't do it from your house. Right. Right. Yeah. Hey, you know, um, OJ, um, <clears throat> real quick. So, you know, with this being our, you know, first barrel pick experience, you know, you know, what should we expect? You know, what should we, as far as our process, you, you know, you know, what tips? should we look, you know, you want some tips? You want some pro tips? Yeah, yes, sir. Absolutely. I want some pro yeah. tips, sir. Do you, have, do you have a Do you have a pad out right now? Do you have a pencil? I do. Actually, I always have oh, a pad apples out. Always. Brother. Apples are always prepared, brother. What did he say? Apples are always prepared. I said alphas. Alphas, alphas. Oh, <laughs> all right, all right. Okay. Apples. When too. was the last time you did a step show, man? Come on. <laughs> Ninety five, bro. <laughs> I need video. That was like a Yo, I need. <laughs> I, I need video, Bill. I need video, man. It's no, going bro, on no, no video. I really man, no, see video. That. Yes. no video, bro. Oh, I love check, the step. Check the YouTube archives. I, love <laughs> I haven't been to a step show in so long. I like it hurts. It's like one of the things about college. Even though I went to a, a nerd college, that was white. Yeah, me too. Me too. I, no, so no, 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 no. Hang on, hang on. So we let this pass on our lot when we had him on before. But he said nerd college for no. for our listeners. Um, our guy OJ is Ivy League. Ivy League, and he went to UPenn. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. You know, that's one of them. I also went to Columbia, but I mean, who's counting? Oh. Double I. Oh. Flex. No, no, no. That was a that was a super stunt. He did not only stunt. That was that was his second stunt. Because when he said he had Jack's number, you know, I call him on his phone. You know, I got all the hot numbers. Yeah, yeah man. That's why we call him Bruce Wayne. That's the PA or the Wayne. MA. You know, it just depends on <laughs> which way you want to go with it. Bro. This kid is just throwing dominoes at your face. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Uh, the the space you're in right there, Delvin. Man, you know, it's it's really come a long way. <laughs> yeah, this is my this is my bourbon room. I know, um, and I just I just I just repapered it with baby unicorn. I also have you know tonight I'm drinking mixed doubles. Nice, look at this guy, man. He's got good taste of whiskey. He's just hoarding. Yeah. He's hoarding well, everything. Man, last, time, last time I was on this show, it was looking like a broom closet. Now it's looking. Like- <laughs> <laughs> oh, OJ, we gonna do we gonna do that? We gonna do that, Juice? That's, now, that's what we doing tonight. I can see the bottle stacked up. He's got like bottles three, four deep now. Yeah, man. Yeah, we mob deep over here. Look at him, yes, sir. All right, so, right protein, bro. Bean on the left. He's allocated now, man. He stepped it up. He's allocated. <laughs> the kids are getting so, it. So answer the silverback okay, question. Sorry. It sounds yeah, like yeah, you're yeah, dodging. Yeah. Sorry, we got yeah. we, we we went we went left. Okay. Little, little segue. Okay. Yeah. Bring it back. Bring First it back. Of all, you need a notepad. You need to be able to take notes somehow. So if you're a person like me, I have a notepad with all the picks that we've done, and I take hand notes with a pen. Some other people use like the notepad on their phone. 
I've seen more tech savvy people do that, but like you need to be able to take notes. Right. And then I judge uh, on the whiskey basically on uh, nose, uh, mouthfeel, palate and finish. Those are the four things I do. And I have, a you don't do, you don't do anything on the ear. I don't do one. I'm not at the distillery. Cause it, cause I'm <laughs> slow. I'm super slow. And Pierre always gets on my case. Cause he's like, okay, I'm ready. I pick mine. And I'm like, yo, settle down tiger. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> 45 minutes yeah. at least yeah. you know, super slow man it takes me forever they call that meticulous and thorough dog you know um we drink differently we 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 think about it differently like i have a lot of memory things happen for me and that helps me pick and he's very much a taste palate oriented um and i'm a little bit more like in my feelings about it and, and <laughs> things jarring jogging memories of mine that you know, relate to good or bad things. So, um, so you need a notepad, right? Whether it's on your phone or you need a, 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 a book or whatever and a pen, like you need a notepad to take notes. You need a system for how you're going to taste everything. So like I said, I do four points, nose, um, uh, mouthfeel, palate, finish. And then I also do a second round after that, which is with water. So I try, I, I do everything, right? I do my thing. I nose it. I try one, I write some notes I add water. I go to the second one. Now you don't have to try them in any particular order. You just have to make sure, right? Cause a lot of times you're going to be the first drink that you have. Cause it's such a fun experience is often you can sometimes mess it up and just say, Oh, the first one's great because it's the first one and so much fun. So I will tend to drink mine out of order. So if they uh-huh. set them up one, two, three, four, five on the thing, I won't necessarily try one first. I might try four first. I have it in my book. Obviously, I write it out. Like I write a sheet out in my book. Number one, number two, number three, number four, number five, nose, uh, mouthfeel, palate, finish. And then I'll just be like, all right, I'll start with four and go there so that I can take that bias away. Um, so you need a system for how you taste. And mine is, you know, that's what I do. I nose all mine. And then I taste, I taste one, then I water it, and I taste another one, I water it. And then when I get all that, I, I, uh, after I water, I do my tasting again with the water. And then I just try to eliminate. That's usually what we do is we go to elimination first. So is there something that you just don't like? Because the thing is, you don't want to over drink stuff that you're not interested in. Right. There's no reason to, the, the scenario is not to go there and be like, oh, I have five whiskeys in front of me. I'm going to drink five whiskeys. You know what I'm saying? Because that's how you get bent. And the purpose is not to get bent. No. Okay. That's one. So if you taste something and it's just like, yo, that's not for me, I literally will be like, ah, kind of move it out in my mind, in my book, like, nope. And then I just won't even go back to it unless a scenario happens where Pierre is like, I absolutely love that one. And I'll be like, I really dislike that one. But for you, I'm going to go ahead and try it again. You go back to it. I don't like it. It's done. Like, I'm not going to keep drinking it. That takes away one of my follow-up questions. So go ahead. Yeah. You know, the objective is obviously not to drink as much as possible. The objective is to get to the best whiskeys. And, you know, also you have to recognize when you're on campus and you're doing it with people, they may lay out five samples for you and you may get through your round one and be like, oh, we really like these. And the, and the person you're working with may be like, oh, you know, they may know something that you don't like. Oh, this is interesting. All the ones they picked were from floor five, Rick House seven. So they have a, they're interested in that taste. Hold on a minute. I have something else over here. I want to add in for you guys to try. Mm. So, um, you got to have a system. Don't overdrink things that you're not interested in. 
You got to understand how to reset your palate and you have to reset it aggressively, which is, you know, smelling the back of your hand, maybe eating like a, you know, tortilla chips, whatever. And you got to like be serious about drinking your water. You got to be very serious about drinking the water and like keeping yourself hydrated because you're having a good time. You're with people that you inherently enjoy. You're going to be amongst friends. It's very easy to get your drink on. So, so uh, let's, go ahead. So, so generally speaking, so do they bring, you know, bring you out samples that are all, you know, around the same proof? No, no. They don't? Okay. No, I mean, it's really, you're going to try everything at barrel proof and like anything can happen. Right. So, okay. Right. Right. You know, you could have, depending on what their entry proof is, you could have, you know, like when we were at wilderness trail last time we would pick and rise and we had rise that were between up to 120 all the way down to 104. Mm. So do you chase proof at all or you just, you don't really care? I chase, you don't really care. I taste goodness. Like the proof is not, the proof is, is not relevant unless you're dealing with a program where they have, they, they give them to you at specific proofs. Like Russell's always ends up being 110. Like until mm. recently, Elijah Craig, they only did 94. Like old Forster, you have a choice between barrel proof or hundred proof. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and you've heard that story about us saying, Hey, we did our research. We didn't, yeah. we thought the hundred proof options were going to be better than the barrel proof options. And that's why we went, that's why we went that route. But no, right. I, don't, I don't chase the proof at all. And in most cases, you don't even know the proof until it's done. Like I got you. I did not have them give you any information so that you can honestly taste it blind and, and go from there. Yeah. Perfect. So, so when you're, when you're tasting, when you're going through the picks, the samples, I, I think I watched you guys when you did your live at Taconic and you were tasting it. And I think Pierre, when you drank, are you consuming all of those or do you let that coat your palate and then you're, you know, expelling it in something? Um, how does that work? Or are you doing that? It depends on what the scenario is. So like, you know, a lot of times um, I think Pierre number one is better at, at getting a feel for what he likes with less drink by even though he's drink, he's usually drinking less than me, but mm-hmm. he's also, he's also driving a lot of the times when we're coming back. So kind of like keep himself in the you know right mind and you know, nobody's trying to, you're not trying to get bent intentionally, right? You're not mm-hmm. trying to get hammered. You're trying to really experience it in a good way. And, you know, it's a little bit uncouth to be fired up on campus, even though everyone is going to be having a good time. It's, you know, they don't love that having people get like wasted at their place. You know, yeah, that's obvious, not kind of the image we want to present anyway. For obvious yeah. liability reasons. But, um, I mean, there are times before when I've spit and stuff. Like, if I try something I really don't like it, like, I'm just going to spit it out. But I'm definitely not going to go back to it and drink it, you know. Like, I'm only going to drink. And frankly, like, when you're doing a pick, like, you really don't need that much to to figure it out. You know, it's not like. Right. True. You know, uh, uh, you know if you take a, a jigger and you do a half a pour you can totally pick and you have a bunch of samples in front of you. You can totally pick from a half a pour. So, mm. you know, that's more than enough to do two rounds of one with water, one without. Um, so, yeah, so those are, that's uh, the, the word on the street. You got to stay hydrated. You got to be able to take notes. You got to have a little system. So you're treating everything fairly. And then the other thing, we like I said, the way we do it is we do elimination first. So if we have five, when we're done with our five and we don't talk about it while we're doing it. That's also with me and Pierre, that's like blasphemy. We just like to have fun, talk, like have small talk, make jokes, have a good time. It, it have, a, have a good time with the people who are hosting us. 
get to know them better, have a good time with that. And then when everyone is like, okay, I've tried my five samples, I have an idea of where I line up. Then we have like kind of a little powwow. And it's like, all right, let's start with, let's say it was, you know, a you and was there one that you really didn't like? And you'd be like, all right, I didn't like four. Four to me was whack. And we'd be like, all right, did anyone else think that four was whack? And if, you know, nobody was feeling passionate about four, we'd be like, okay, four is eliminated. Now we're down to, now we have, you know, one, two, three, and five. All right. So from there, was there anyone, anything else that anyone really wasn't feeling? Maybe we could get two out and then we'd have three from those three. If we had a whole consensus at that moment, like everybody loves number two and thinks it's the best, then like we're probably good. But if we have some disparity about what people like between the ones that are remaining, we'll often re-blind them at that point. We'll re-blind them again. For me, it's getting more difficult to re-blind things because on a second try, I can pretty much be like, I can pick them out pretty easily. But sometimes it just will surprise you because, you know, things sit. You know, when, when whiskey sits, you know, that when, the, when, the, when the ethanol drains out, gets out a little bit, like new notes will come up. And it's happened to us before. We're like, we've picked something, you know, we've, picked, we've gone out to pick something. We've eliminated some. We've had some others. The majority of people thought they liked, you know, sample one. And then we re-blinded them and it turned out that another one won the whole thing. Mm. So, you know, it goes away. So has there ever been a situation where you just really, really disagreed and you wanted a certain pick, but everybody else was against you? Like, is that, has that ever happened? And how do you overcome that? We just buy them all. Just buy them all, right? So that's why, yeah, there's, yeah. So that's why there's another Old Forester pick right now, right? Yeah, no, we, it has <laughs> happened. But for the most part, I look at it like this, man. We go by majority rules, right? Because... If you have people on your barrel pick that you can't trust, like you're already in trouble. <laughs> you're already in trouble, man. Bro, you're screwed. You're screwed. You know, you're already screwed. It's like, you know, you going out there into the game talking about, I don't know, I'm hoping this pitcher can give me a couple innings to get us in the <laughs> Like you already got a problem. So, you know, it's that's one thing that I also I look at in terms of you know, and I don't want to throw throw darts at anyone else and how they run their business and, and how they run their <laughs> club. But like this stuff isn't it's a great experience and people should do it, but it does actually take time and effort and energy to refine the way that you do it to a way that you can consistently come up with superior products, right? And so when I see some of these other clubs just be like, oh, we, we're raffling off seats for people to do it or like anyone can come or whatever, whatever. I'm like, yeah, that's not really going to result in the best product for the people who are going to purchase it. And for me, I feel responsible because, you know, I'm asking people to have trust in what I'm doing and to spend money on it, put their money down, put their paycheck down on it. So I want to make sure that like what's coming out of it is good. But I always feel like we do an excellent job of screening people um, ahead of time who pick with us, you know, so that, um, so that we always end up with good product. And, and we're not just going to Woodenville and chill. We're actually going to visit a couple other places out while we're out there. So can you talk about those real quick? Yeah. So, all right. One of these is very important to me. Um, it's called Bainbridge Battle Point Distillery. And there is a guy out there, uh, who runs this distillery. It's a small place. Um, Bainbridge Organic, and I've been chasing this guy for years, man, trying to get him to, to do some business. 
with me to do a barrel pick with me. And he's just been very elusive, like the white whale. This is literally like some Ahab type. <laughs> I've been chasing this guy, chasing this guy. He totally will like not respond. I'll call up. I won't be able to get him on the phone. And finally, after like years of chasing this guy down, I was able to get him to agree to let us do a barrel pick. And so we're going over there. He makes single malt whiskey all wheat, but it's single malt wheat. And then he has some various kind of finishes. He does a Mizanura, a maple, a peated cask. And so I'm just really excited about that because I love his like um, 90 proof expressions. And we're going to get to do it at Barrel Proof. And he's got like 15 gallon barrels all the way to, I think, 53s. So like we could end up picking a barrel there of a weeded whiskey that's like, oh, yeah, this only yielded 50 bottles. Ooh, mm. nobody has ever picked with this guy before and he's also never put the stuff at barrel strength or maybe we proof it to a certain like no one's ever done anything with him before and that to me is like i love that. wait That's wait wait, wait so you said something crazy that i don't think i've ever heard before so i just want to make sure i didn't uh the, that the mixed doubles didn't compromise my hearing <laughs> you said single malt wheat yes tell me what that means so it's a single malt whiskey, which means he's only using one malt. But in most cases, when people refer to single malt, they're talking about barley. Right. right. In this case, this is 100% wheat. The whiskey is made from 100% wheat. So you will see that it has a lot of similarities to weeded bourbons, bourbons that have a lot of wheat in the mash bill. I know you guys love those Wellers and, yes. and the Bernheim and, and all that stuff. But it's yeah, also, I'm, I'm still it's waiting cool. for a Weller 12 at my doorstep. Just, just oh, yeah. Yeah, throwing that out coming. there. Wow. No, no, no. Keep, it. no keep, keep, wow. keep, keep talking. Keep talking. Keep talking. Keep talking. Keep talking. Don't worry. It's coming. Don't worry. The, the, tension, the tension is real tonight, Bill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hear it. Can I get a break over here? Jeez. What's the guy going to do, man? He's the yeah. busiest man in America. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. The country's been good to you. Throw me the damn ball, yeah. I've been open all night. Yeah. I'm always open, bro. I'll tell you that right now. I'm always open. Shoot my shot. Um, but yeah, so this is, so he has a particular thing that he does, which is um, all organic, all wheat, single malt wheat. So, um, and there are some other people that do single malt wheat whiskeys, like, uh, or wheat whiskeys. I think like, uh, uh, what's called Old Elk, I think has a weeded whiskey. Yeah, they do have a weeded whiskey. Mm-hmm. Yep. Other, there's some other ones. So I'm just really excited to pick with him because I know that no one has been there yeah and I, after having chased this guy for years like i know we're gonna have a good time i know he's though um hard to pin down gonna be very excited to have people who literally were like we came on a trip to your town just to see you and to serious have- about your joint yeah. Like, yeah i'm that much of a fan of what you do i've been so interested and curious about just seeing your process and your setup as a guy who's like running a single person still operation like i just that's the kind of that drives me crazy so so woodenville and bainbridge what else and then we're also going to make a trip up to see the people at doc swinson's who have a lot of excellent you know they source a lot of their bourbon and they're making their own stuff um but they have a lot of excellent bourbon that ranges all the way up to like 15 years so they want us to come up and meet them they're like almost on the border of canada like dan vancouver so that's gonna be a beautiful drive Right up the like, literally right up the coast, looking looking west out of the ocean, and we're nice. gonna get there. And I'm sure they're gonna have a lot of amazing, amazing things for us to try. Now, they have said to me, "We've never done a barrel pick before, and we don't know if we're gonna be ready." But 
I mean, you know, you know what your guy does, man. I show up, we do the thing. The thing is awesome. And then they're like, oh, yeah, we should totally do the thing with y'all. And they don't know how ready they're going to be until they hit the floor, until they get the rock, get that yeah. first open jumper. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, dude. They're not They're not going to look back and be like, yo, I can't believe this guy dropped like 35 points and had like 14 rebounds <laughs> and, like, and seven yeah. assists, man. Like, yeah. what happened? He did a but double nickel on us. The good thing, I think, that at least the space we've been in lately is, like I said, I think a pre- people appreciate the pre-work and the attention to detail we put into it ahead of meeting them. And so they're happy when we get there. They want to do it, and, and it's and it's totally good. And then I think when they look at kind of some of the media we generate and some of the buzz on social, a lot of the smaller brands in particular are like, you know, like this is the most looks the the pick we just did at Middle West that sold out in three hours. That's like the most looks they've ever had in the history of that distillery. Wow. So, so to so, have people like put in that effort for your brand, even though you're not paying them, they like it really it resonates for it resonates for the brands. Yeah, I'm even more hyped and excited now. So I have one quick question uh, circling back to the tasting. Um and then uh, I'll let anybody else open it up. So when you say you add water to your after you, to your first taste, I notice you have like an eyedropper mm-hmm. um, you add water to. So first part of that is specific drops of water in each one when you're tasting. And what type of water are you using? I usually do two and I usually bring my own water dropper. There's a thing and I don't know if it's true, um, but people say you should drink with water that you're used to tasting. Yeah. Oh, so, you know, I bring that New York. I bring that New York tap, son. The New York okay. tap water through the Brita. Boom, boom. Gotcha. That's, what I drink. that's how I flow. So I have my own like, that's what a nerd I am about this stuff. Yeah, I've seen it. I saw it. That's why I asked you. Yeah. I literally travel with an eyedropper filled with water from New York. Now, you know, in case you can't get that or you forget it or whatever happens, like, then I just will use something that's like a bottled water of any kind. Because what I have found, and this has happened to me before, is I've gone to places and we've used like their, what is their tap water? Mm-hmm. Have you ever been to a different place and you're like, oh, wow, your water tastes totally different. Like it's right. dry or it's alkaline or it's this or it's that. It just tastes different than what you're used to drinking. Like that can throw you off. That can really throw off your palate. So nice. See, pro tips, pro tips. Pro tips. I love so it. can we, I mean, so can we tell the people when these picks are going to be available? I mean, do you want to reveal that or uh, is that like? <laughs> I don't know. Has, um, has has the um, new administration solved all the supply chain issues in the economy? <laughs> <laughs> no, lumber, dude. Lumber is still missing. I'm, I was trying to yeah, add yeah. another wing to my bourbon room, but I can't find enough lumber. So, yeah. yeah it's because they're smuggling drugs in it right now. That's what's happening. It's funny, man. I mean, I don't want it's not funny, but it's just like when you hear people say, like, make these comments like, oh, supply chain's all messed up. Like when you're running a small business, you're running these businesses that rely on shipping like it's actually, it's real. It's real. Like I have barrels that we picked that I thought were going to show up on one day, haven't shown up yet. Stuff that I ex- didn't expect until another month is was, was already there. Like it's just all over the place right now. Mm. So it's hard to predict. I mean, you can say it is roughly like, you know, 15 weeks, you know, three months, three and a half months is, is, a, is a good estimate to make unless you're like dealing with them really directly and you're saying I want it ahead of time I want like you know but it all depends on what's going on with them what's going on with their shipping what's going on with their bottling line and everything else they got going on I so, gotcha but let's just say the fall let's just say the, the fall, fall you know okay. gotcha. the fall so it'll be some nice stuff to come all around of, yeah all of uh Bill's special fans 
on his um, <laughs> on his uh, on his uh, what you on his just friends account. <laughs> you can you can send the money there in the fall. In the fall, <laughs> on his, like alpha, the his alpha's only page. Fall, yeah. <laughs> alpha's only just fans. Like, if you want to get the shots of him in the, the gold black choney. Gold, golden black speedos. And oh no, no speedos, brother. No, no. So got too OJ, much going it. on for that. I got, I got too much going on for that. Tell the people where they can find TSR and any how to stay up on your releases, how to stay up on your store, what's popping, where to sign up. Give them that. No doubt. Well, you know, we have this little thing called the website at tastelikerepeat.com. <laughs> That's our shop. So on there, we have obviously a calendar of all of the things that are coming out. You can sign up to become a member there, uh, which allows you access to allocated bottles that we that we have in the store, as well as our barrel picks first. Uh, and then you can find me on Instagram, Neat Rocks Cocktail, uh, as well as my partner on Instagram, Least I Have Whiskey. People know him more than they know me because he don't have kids, so he got more time for social media. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, but the the website is the best place to look because it's a it's a great, you know, clearing house of all our stuff. You can buy our yeah. buy stuff there. You can look at our, you know, barrel picks we've done in the past. You can look at all our BTS media and you can look at our calendar. Cool. Cool. So you can find us on Instagram. You can find my man the People's Choice at Delvin J33 on Instagram. You can find William Stevens at AJBK06 on Instagram. You can find me at my government name is on Instagram is underscore and all of that. You can find us collectively at the Black and Brown Podcast. That started with a DA. You can also find us on Twitter at the Black and Brown. We're everywhere. We're on Anchor, we're on Apple, we're on Spotify. This is our last uh, show of season three. Hit us up with the hashtag Woodenville and Chill. Tell us where you think we should go out there to get some nice black food, some Seattle chefs. Tag them, tag us. Let us know what's popping. Hashtag the fellas at Neat Rocks Cock and also at least I have whiskey. Let us all know where we should go while we're out there. Next season, season four, we're going to kick it off. Uh, we're going to jump back into the distilleries, get them on, talk about it. This is us. We've been to Black and Brown. Delvin, take us out when you're ready, B. Yo, stay black and keep it brown. Watch out for that Woodenville pick. Hashtag Woodenville and chill. <laughs>